listening to the Writerly Bites podcast, where you'll get bite-sized tips for making your writing and your writing life better. I'm Blair Hurley, and I'm a novelist and creative writing instructor. You can find more about me and my forthcoming novel, Minor Profits, at BlairHurley.com and on Twitter at bhurley. You can f- follow news about the podcast on Twitter at Writerly Bites. This week's writing tip is tell a ghost story. It's the right time of year for ghost stories, writers. When the air is cold and crisp and sweet and the leaves shiver on the trees, at least here in the northern hemisphere, and I pull my coat closer to me as I walk on a darkening evening, my mind goes to my perennial love for ghost stories. Ghost stories are a mood. They're a vibe. They're rich in atmosphere and drama and darkness and in the real writerly skill and technique that is required to create a story humming with fright and suspense. As many great writers have found, however, the ghost story is more versatile than we might first think when we encounter them as children, telling stories to scare each other around a campfire or with flashlights held up to our faces. Ghost stories can contain so much more than easy chills and scares. The best ghost stories are the ones that pull a reader in, implicating them with a kind of moral horror or a sense of haunted memory. There are places in this world that feel haunted by the lives that have passed through it and suffered, and we're all haunted by a kind of cultural memory of whatever dark deeds have carried through our ancestors to our generation. There's a reason in American ghost stories why the haunted place is often discovered to be set on an old Indian burial ground, for example. It's a case of American culture's uneasy relationship with the dark destruction of its past, and a reminder that the past continues and is ongoing. The sins we commit and the traumas we endure never fully leave us alone. Depending on the trends of the culture, Ghosts can be stand-ins for different pressing cultural questions. They can represent repressed memory and the horror of abuse. They can represent the nightmare of historical atrocity that refuses to be buried. They can represent sin. They can represent the people we've made invisible in our culture who refuse to be invisible forever. So if you're going to write a ghost story, I'd first think about what kind of ghost haunts you the most. Is it a premonition of the dead, a reminder of our mortality? Is it a memory, a story about the past that refuses to stay buried? Be specific about centering your ghost in its state of being. Then remember that ghost stories are often just one step away from their sister form, the fairy tale. They rely on old-fashioned archetypes and structures, such as having three encounters or hauntings, and a steady escalation with a choice to be made at the climax. The destabilization of the physical and tangible disturbs us far more than abstract ideas and theories. So let us see the chair that has moved across the room, or the sugar with its unexplained drops of blood. I think the sense of smell is often neglected in ghost stories, maybe because ghosts are usually made so unfleshly and uncorporeal, but I think smell and memory are one of the most unsettling ways you can evoke the uncanny. Ultimately, decide what your goal is as a writer. Why does this ghost need to visit us? And why now? What important message is it bringing us from across a foreign boundary? I have two reading recommendations this week to get you all in the mood for Halloween. 
The first one is The Little Stranger by Sarah Waters. I listened to this as an audiobook, and it was a wonderful, chilling, unsettling read, perfect for this time of year. It's a basic kind of like a cozy mystery, but with an ambiguity at its core about whether we're reading a ghost story or a story of terrifying mental deterioration. Uh, In post-war Britain, a doctor arrives at a mansion where he's often admired the family and wished that he could belong to their upper-class way of living. He becomes entangled in the problems of the family, and it soon becomes clear that something is is troubling this family. Perhaps a ghost is haunting them, or perhaps they're just starting to deteriorate and and succumbing to the throes of mental illness. The writing is rich and delicious to consume. It's moody. It's vibrant. It was the perfect thing to listen to while I was driving around. And the second book I'd recommend is an oldie but a goodie, The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson. I finally read this classic just recently, and it really held up. It has some deeply strange, unsettling ways of depicting its hauntings. It creates a house that's truly unsettling. We get an in-depth experience of the strange doors and hallways and corridors and and blind ends and, and dead ends of this house with its crazy tilting towers and its doors that keep slamming shut. And there's a real sense of the characters as well. Shirley Jackson is such a great study of characters, people who are very much turned inward, obsessed with their own mental processes, and it was really a fascinating read. Thanks for listening. The Writerly Bites podcast will be back with micro tips to make your writing better. It's produced by me, Blair Hurley. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and visit the website at writerlybites.com. Email me at writerlybitespodcast at gmail.com with your favorite tips or questions about the writing life, which I'd love to tackle in future episodes.